Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson. Happy Draft Week. It is Monday here in the Berg, a little chilly, but it is Draft Week. I'm excited and this will be our last Mock Draft Monday of the year. So I found one that I wanted to find the most dialed in dudes in, in the, uh, the industry. So Peter King put out a mock draft and he doesn't claim to be a draftnik and study all these prospects, but he's been doing this a really long time and he's very dialed in with the league. And before we start, I, I think we're starting to get that intersection right now of lying season is starting to fall off and truths coming out are starting to pop up, you know, where they're kind of crossing each other. And the closer we get to the draft, the more stuff I trust is coming out. And I'll comment on a bunch of these things as they happen. But I am starting, I'm a little gullible, don't get me wrong. I am starting to believe some of these trends might be legit. You know, Levis is gaining steam. Texans aren't going to take a quarterback at two. Things like that I'm starting to buy. Again, I'm a little gullible. So let's go through this mock draft. We'll comment on it. Sealers make a very interesting pick. I'll tease you with that. So, um, Really, the draft starts at two. Bryce Young to Carolina, I think that's a done deal. Boom. Forget about it. However, he, as I'm starting to believe, has the Texans going non-quarterback at two. He isn't taking Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, which I think is bonkers. So t- taking Wilson over Anderson, to me, is crazy talk. I think Wilson has a lot of bust potential. But I understand how GMs and talent evaluators work, traits, length, you know, all he has all that stuff. But this tape's just okay. I don't I mean, he's not a super tough guy. Um, but if I'm Houston and I don't go quarterback at two, I still have that early second round pick. I have the 12th pick. I've got more draft capital than anyone in the league. So you're far from done. But, man, I, I might try to get out of two even if I'm not going to take a quarterback. And that's exactly what Arizona does at three, which is, well, getting out of two is kind of hairy for Houston because I think the teams that are most apt to trade up for a quarterback are the Colts and the Titans, who are division rivals with Houston. So in this instance, Peter King has the Titans, and there's been a lot of buzz about this, that the Titans either want to move back or they want to move up. And obviously, they move up as for a quarterback. That's what happens here. I think Arizona... Would love to go from three to 11, probably pick up a first round pick next year in the process, get out of that spot. I mean, they've been rumored. I mean, honestly, since the draft order was set, you know, the day that week 18 ended, all of us, including myself, kept looking at Arizona going, oh, they're going to trade out of three, you know. So I think there's tons of smoke to that. There's flat out flames to Arizona trying to get out of three. I think this would be a terrible move for Tennessee. And it's not that I dislike C.J. Stroud, who they have going in this draft. He's fine. I mean, I like Stroud. I just think dropping a rookie quarterback in that offense as currently constructed is a recipe for failure. I mean, maybe he would sit behind Tannehill, fine. But they just don't have enough around the quarterback for them to succeed. So I would give it a year at least. I do believe this. He has the Colts taking Will Levis at four. I keep hearing, keep reading, and everyone keeps saying Colts are infatuated with Levis. Again, I think that's a mistake. I'm not infatuated with Levis, but I'm starting to believe that the Colts will stay put at four and let Stroud or Levis fall to them and be happy with it. Okay, uh, we'll see. Here's another very chalky pick. 
Jalen Carter goes to Seattle at five. I have no hesitation about this at all. I think Jalen Carter, quickly followed by B. John Robinson, are clearly the best two players in this draft. You have heard a little more smoke about Seattle and Detroit, who picks next, trying to get one of these quarterbacks. You know, they both have two first-round picks. They both have a decent, not long-term answer quarterback in place. They both probably look at this thing as most teams do, is we're only going to get better. You know, it's our last time to pick this high. I get that. But if Jalen Carter's sitting there, I think you just take him. Then the Lions also pass on quarterback, but Will Anderson's sitting there for them in this one. Like, I can't imagine Will Anderson getting to six, but the Lions run the card up. If, if it's Anderson, pair, pair him with Hutchinson, great. You know, now you're talking at six, you get Will Anderson. I think that's a little far-fetched, but I don't think any of these picks to this point were crazy talk. Vegas is another one that's been rumored to move up for a quarterback. I think that's the wrong move because unlike the Colts or Texans, they at least have Jimmy Garoppolo in place, you know, that is a serviceable middle road NFL quarterback. And kind of like my Titans conversation, if you drop a quarterback into that team right now and make them sink or swim, they're probably going to sink. They need so much. So Peter has them taking Witherspoon, the first corner off the board. Fine quality pick. This one's interesting, and I actually think there's a really good chance it happens. Atlanta Atlanta takes B. John Robinson. Now, the don't take a running back early you know, argument is you used a, what, fifth round rookie or fifth round pick just a year ago on Tyler Algier, and he ran for a thousand yards. <laughs> you know, he's not special. He's fine. He's okay. He's really a two. And but this team is not very analytically based. I mean, like they just paid a guard huge money. They just paid a safety huge money. They took a tight end in the top five recently. Their coach comes from Tennessee where much of his success was handing the ball to Derrick Henry. And Bijan's better than anybody else in this draft at this point. He's a phenomenal player. Um, so I get it. I think Bijan's going to end up in Atlanta at eight and will make their offense a lot better. The Bears then at this point, I think, would take Jalen Carter at nine, but in, he's not there, and they get their pick of offensive linemen, pretty chalky, boom, Paris Johnson, I get it. The Eagles, I think, would very much be in the market for best defensive front player av available. Peter King has them going Nolan Smith, who I think is a good chance to be off the board by the time the Steelers pick. It wouldn't break my heart to see him go here from a Steeler perspective. The only thing is... Then you're the, the Eagles. You're a little light at Reddick and Smith. I mean, you're a little redundant in terms of you got two 240-pound type edge guys. I would think maybe a Miles Murphy or somebody like that would be more attractive, a Van Ness, whoever you like. So Arizona went from 3 to 11 with Tennessee trade. Sit there and take Christian Gonzalez. Great. You know, and you probably have – he didn't put the uh, exact trade in – but if you get Christian Gonzalez, who isn't far off from being who you would have taken at three, you have your first-round pick and the Titans' first-round picks next year. Both of those picks would be in the top five. The Cardinals and Titans might be horrendous. You know, you may have you know a rookie quarterback in Tennessee taking over for Tannehill at the mid-season point, and I think Arizona's would be really bad. So get as much stuff as you possibly can if you're Arizona, and Gonzalez is a really good start. Now, here's the real crazy one. And again, I picked this because Peter King is very dialed in. He is Houston staying there at 12 and taking a quarterback 
Not Anthony Richardson, though, who's still on the board. He hasn't taken Hendon Hooker, who's old, injured, and coming from a crazy system. But there's been a lot of buzz that he's going in the first round. I mean, Steeler fans would love that. If Hendon Hooker goes off the board before the Steelers pick in the middle of the first round, that would be tremendous. If I were the Texans and I left this draft with Hendon Hooker and Wilson, I would be livid. I mean, ooh, rough. But again, he's dialed in. I mean, if, if Hooker is in demand, that would be tremendous for the Steelers. Jets take a very chalky pick, as does the, the Patriots here. Back-to-back top offensive lineman. Broderick Jones goes to New York. Skoronsky goes to New England. I can't imagine Skoronsky gets past New England. So, therefore, Steeler fans, the top three, maybe Darnell Wright's really a top four, and I don't think Skoronsky's for the Steelers. I'll go off the board in the early teens, in the double digits area. I think that is very possible. I think it's going to happen. Very possible. So, again, Skoronsky to the Patriots. Packers sit there and take Dalton Kincaid, which, again, I think the Steeler fans would love. I think you'd love a tight end to go before 17, and I think there's a strong chance it happens. I think Kincaid's a first-rounder all day long. If I were the Packers, I would take Jackson Smith and the Jigba instead of Kincaid. Both are big slots, you know, you know top pass catcher types, but I see the logic. Uh, Washington, who has some similar needs as the Steelers, especially in the defensive backfield, they grab Brian Branch, who I adore. I'd have no problem with the Steelers taking Brian Branch at 17. I say this every mock draft I talk about. No matter where Brian Branch lands, I'm going to say, good pick. You know, he can help any team out there. So let's take a quick break, and your Steelers are on the clock. All right, curveball here. It's a guy we've talked about a little bit. He has the Steelers taking Jackson Smith and the Jigba, who I love. I think is far and away the best receiver in this draft. I wrote an article a month or so ago that he is a sprint to the podium guy if he's there for the Steelers. Now, that was before the Robinson trade, but is picking up Allen Robinson for swapping seventh round picks enough for you to not take who I think is probably the best player on the board, regardless of position. Now, I hesitate to bring this up, but there are rumors, rumors that the Steelers could be moving Deontay Johnson and you know in dra- on the on draft day. Now, if that's in the cards, well, this would then I'm open to it. I mean, you make a you make a pick like this, then sure, you'd save a ton of cap space, you'd get us something back, a pretty decent pick, I would think. But I don't believe that that's I'll do more homework on that. I've been hesitant to bring that up, but it's something floating around in the, the atmosphere right now. But Smith the Jigba at 17 is extremely worth it. Don't get me wrong. No doubt about it. Um, Deontay Banks goes to the Lions, not Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks. One of my favorite evaluators, Greg Cosell, has Deontay Banks as his second corner. Um I might have him over Porter as well. I mean, he Porter has some questions, and I could see Banks absolutely going to the Steelers at 17, as I could with this player, Darnell Wright at 19 to the, the Bucks. High-end tackle, a lot of momentum, coming off a phenomenal season, very, very talented. I think the Buccaneers sprint to the podium for this one too. 
Seattle then takes Zay Flowers. He's been linked to the Steelers here and there as well. I don't think as much post-Robinson trade. Seattle needs a third guy. I mean, there's no question about that. I find it interesting in this mock that Detroit, Tampa, and Seattle, none of them take Anthony Richardson, who's still on the board, all of whom could use a young developmental quarterback. Is Richardson's stock falling that much? Do we believe that? I don't know. So back-to-back receiver picks here. Seattle goes Zay Flowers. Chargers then take Jordan Addison. They've been linked to a pass catcher over and over and over and over 21, and I believe every bit of it. Baltimore also could go the pass receiver route still after you know the, the Odell trade, but two of them just fell. And they go Emmanuel Forbes, the skinny super productive corner over Joey Porter Jr. So Porter's, I'm open to the idea that Porter is not a slam dunk top 17 player. I mean, right now he's still on the board and four corners have been drafted. Now Anthony Richardson falls, Minnesota. Perfect. Kirk Cousins is really expensive. His contract's up after this year. Richardson wouldn't have to play at all as a rookie but you would play him. I mean, you would have a Richardson package, give him 10 snaps a game, makes you really hard to prepare against game day while he learns. Cousins is a quality dude there, and you would save a ton of money at the quarterback spot. So Richardson to Minnesota 23 is great for me. Jacksonville is always a tough one for me. Um, They can kind of do best player available to some degree. And Lucas Van Ness is still on the board. They grab him. Uh, I think he's a little redundant with Walker, the first overall pick last year, and that they're both big ends, but bump inside. They do a lot of the same stuff, but you guys know me. I mean, adding another guy that's hard to block, and I don't love Van Ness, is always a good idea if when in doubt. I don't really approve of this pick either. The Giants go Michael Mayer, tight end. I do think this is a heavy tight end neighborhood. Jacksonville could do it at 24. They just traded for Waller, who I know is 31 and has durability issues, but an outside receiver or a guard like Torrance or best, you know, Porter, any defensive back. I just don't see the fit there, Mayer with the Giants all that well. Now Joey Porter Jr. falls off the board at 26. So Steeler fans, hypothetically, let's say you did take Smith and the Jigba at 17. And 25 picks go by and Porter's still out there. Are you moving from 32 to 25 to get Porter Jr. and leave this draft with Smith and the Jigba, Porter Jr.? Doesn't sound bad. Probably cost you a third-round pick or something along those lines. Maybe, but then you don't have any big guys. Um, So, Peter King thinks Porter lasts all the way to 26. Interesting. I'm just processing that. I'm not sure I'm on board with it, but, you know, I, I get it. Um. He even, his write-up here, he says, and I wouldn't be shocked if he fell out of the first round. You guys would be losing your minds if day one goes by and Porter is not drafted and your Stellars are on the clock. Uh, I do think the Bills could absolutely give it a weapon here, some sort of pass catcher. It's the first time I think I've seen Josh Downs, the slot receiver from North Carolina, mocked in the first round. But usually he's in early second, so really we're splitting hairs here a little bit. That would let Stefan Diggs stay outside, you know, lighten his load a little bit. Good player. Instant help for the Bills who are in it to win it. The Bengals then take Luke Musgrave, who I seem like I'm higher on than everybody else out there, these draft nicks, but I think Musgrave is a tremendous prospect. They could definitely use a tight end. Wouldn't shock me if Cincy 
starts drafting defense more than people realize in this one, though, because their offense is about to get really expensive and their defense is basically all built on free agents. They went out outside the organization. So it might be time to get cheap young talent on defense when your offense takes over the the mantle of being the expensive side of the ball. So keep an eye on that. That might shock people when they're on the clock that they go defense, defense, something like that. Now, I think the Saints would love to grab Miles Murphy here. I mean, they like those huge Cameron Jordan defensive ends. Would shock me if Murphy fell this late, but I think he's a perfect fit for the Saints at 29. The Eagles then take Jameer Gibbs, running back from Bama. Steelers fans would love that. They, you know, Steelers picking in two picks here. Love to see a second running back fall off the board. I don't think he's a great fit there. They don't throw to backs a ton in that offense. He's a tremendous receiver. He's a really good player. Um, but I think they would want more of a bruising back, and I don't know that they would use the first-round pick on a back, period. I mean, that's just not how they're wired. Last pick in the first round, Chiefs take Osiris Torrance, who we've talked about a lot. He was, he was a Steeler visit. I think he's a very safe player, plug-and-play guard, but they have one of the best guard pairings in the league. I mean, I know Joe Thune's up in age, and maybe they could kick him to tackle, but you're paying Thune, and you have a good set of guards now. I think Torrance is a guard only. I don't quite understand that pick. So then, you know, as I like to do when we do these mocks is Steelers are on the clock and 31 players have been drafted and I'm sure you'll get tons of calls no matter what happens because all day Friday morning, afternoon, people are going to call you and at least kick the tires with cost to move up. So who are you taking? Kick it around your head. Hit pause for a minute. Who are you taking? All right, so we're back. The three names I jotted down, remember, Smith and the Jigba's on the team at this point. I actually wrote four, four names down. Antoine Harrison, pure left tackle from Oklahoma. Fine. He's worth a 30-second pick. I think he could be, you know, a, a, a first-rounder. Um, Darnell Washington also was here on a visit. Tremendous, huge tight end. It's really intriguing to me. But are you going to get two pass catchers in your first two picks? I mean, if you really go Smith and the Jigba, I think that's a no. So he gets scratched. Doesn't mean you wouldn't draft a tight end, but that you're probably done with skill guys at that point. I think McDonald, the edge rusher from Iowa State, is a real bargain here. Undersized, not quite as physical as they like. Undersized is a rough word. I mean, he's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker, stand-up dude. Really good pass rusher, but that's probably a luxury at this point. I'm, I'm thinking edge more likely like in the third round. So then it comes down to Harrison or you probably know where I'm going with this, Brian Brzee. People are all over the board on Brzee. I mean, if we operate under the assumption that, you know, Peter King's dialed in, there's a chance he's sitting here at 32. I would have no problem taking him at 17. All the more reason to trade back from 17. If you could get to 25 and guys like Brise and Porter are still available, now you're you know, now you're cooking with gas. So if you left this this draft with or the first two picks with Smith Najigba, who we talked through, and Brise, who I've talked to, you know, till the cows come home, pretty darn good. You can get Brise at 32. I think that's a run to the podium guy for the Steelers. So that's a wrap for today. Um, I have an article up early already breaking down basically needs versus wants for the Steeler um, roster. Go check that out. Got a lot of good responses on it. Wanted to get up early this week. 
So you guys had four days or so to read it before the draft kicks off. Um, things like outside linebacker, they, they probably need two more edge guys. You know, I mean, one of them I call a need and then, then a want on top of that. So go check that out. And I'm going to have a second article this week as well. So I'll tell you more about that tomorrow. Over and out. <laughs>